0: I've got the bottom of the entire tournament. I think they're going to get zero points. Uh, 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 I was going to address this, but yeah, well, you know,
1: fair enough. Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. The Euros are now fully underway. We are now getting to the crunch time of the groups with um, the final day of each group starting tomorrow. I am your host, Andy, and once again, we are joined by our regulars. Ryan, Alex, and Naeem. How are you, boys? Fuck you. <laughs> as soon as that was up, I was thinking, oh, I can't wait to um, to rinse Alex in the next pod. I, I really was so excited. I was thinking, when Bale had that penalty, I was thinking, ah, oh, three scores now, you know, we're going um, to have some fun teasing Alex. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah. um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get into it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're just going to go through each group so far, we're going to go through just our thoughts on basically, you know, on how each group's gone, <laughs> and how certain players have performed, whether that's good or bad. So I'm going to start with Group A, and as the Welshman in this group, I will kickstart Group A, um, so obviously so far there's been two games played by each team, and the final day is tomorrow, and as it stands, Italy are on six points, Wales are on four points, Switzerland one, and Turkey null, no, which basically means... Uh, if Wales um, avoid defeat against Italy, they are through no matter what. But even if they lose, they would have to ensure they don't get thrashed by Italy or Switzerland don't thrash Turkey. And obviously, um, the last game results, obviously, Italy um, pretty comfortably beat Switzerland. And uh, obviously, we, in the end, beat, beat Turkey 2-0. So um, I just want to say, first of all, how impressed I've been with us. I mean, I know I gave Alex a lot of stick at the start, but I do think that, uh, even I didn't think it'd go this well. I mean, and I thought we'd get second place, but I thought maybe we would have taken it to the last day. But I think as it stands, I think we are pretty much going through at least in third and there's a very good chance, if not all, already, pretty much already a thing. But we're, like, we're likely now to get um, second or first and obviously all depend on what happens with the Italy, Italy game tomorrow. Uh, I think from what it stands, if we can finish second, we'll play second place in Group B, which looks like it could be either Russia or or Finland. And also, we may if we if we beat Italy, which I don't I don't see happening the way Italy have played. Uh, I think also we we I think we'll be playing something like either Ukraine or Austria in the um, next group, in the round of sixteen. So yeah, um, and also you guys praised Italy a lot in in the sort of Euro preview, and I think so far. They've exactly lived up to their billing. I think they've been sort of a very impressive team and they've been sort of the team that everyone thought they'd be. But I just want to get your boys' thought on on the on group A. I'll start with um Alex. (laughs) What are your thoughts? right, my mic muted there. Oops. You might half um
0: be expecting me to be bitter. You know, I've prided myself building a strong reputation Mm. so far. Zero so expert. i've generally got things right and in euro twenty twenty I've basically got everything completely wrong um but i'm go- i'm gonna own it and i want i wanna st- i wanna start my thoughts briefly I'm gonna turn on but you know fair complete fair play to Wales and Robert page you know mm. uh, when when we when when we spoke before I, I my point wasn't that I thought they were bad I thought they had horrendous preparation. And I think that's fair. I, like, even with the players like Bale and everything, I was just saying they've got they've not had any starts. You know, off the pitch it's been tumultuous to say that these were gen- like very serious issues. The fact he's managed to get them not only like this together but also this fit and sharp. I don't know what he's done, but they yeah, yeah, I've been watching them they've been one of the better teams generally. Uh Italy I feel like, you know, that they've been brilliant. Um <laughs> yeah, Turkey. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm gonna try and hold my thoughts because they're not out yet. You never know. But it's been a gigantic disappointment. I can't. Yeah. I can't. It, they've been so far away from the form that got them here, and even in the early part of 2021, but they've just continued their like their friendlies form, which we all kind of wrote offers, and it's the friendlies and like who knows what's going to happen you know they're not playing the first 11 but it's just not clicked
1: so it's been uh yeah yeah, yeah. it's been humbling for me yeah I. I what do you boys think um naim and ryan i know ryan you were very big on italy um sort of before the tournament started i think naim you were the same um you're both sort of very high on italy so i don't want, want to get your thoughts on what you think of the of the group so far group a
2: yeah, well, yeah, with Italy, they're pretty much continuing their form on. they um, still unbeaten in <clears throat> over like it was over twenty games now, and they're mm-hmm. keeping clean sheets. You know, they're, they're playing good football. Um, with Turkey, yeah, obviously everyone said, like, most people I've seen like, on the internet and people have said that they'd be their dark horses, but yeah, they've they've just been terrible. I don't know what it is, but they they've just not lived up to the to the expectations everyone um, had of them because obviously they had some good results um, in previous games before the tournament and everything but yeah they've they've just just been poor and yeah they could, they're probably I can't they might finish with the zero points you never know the way uh-huh. they're going but um, if they go out like that then it's going to be a bit of a whimper. Um also I said that Wells would finish um, I think I said they'll finish third didn't I but um, yeah they've been they've, they've surprised me really um, obviously with the whole manager issue and everything yeah they've they've, they've got they've the first game, uh, against Switzerland, well, Switzerland really should have beaten them, because they did have some good chances. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: But, uh, obviously, they held out for, um, the draw, and then, against, yeah, against Turkey, yeah, they, yeah, just, they, they were a the better team, and they, they deserved winners, and, um, yeah, they've, 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 yeah, they've been, been a, been a good, good team in this group, and Switzerland, yeah, they've been, they haven't, they haven't been that great, really, um, they're not being that impressive and I I don't think they'll go through as one of the third best um mm. ranking teams. So yeah, um, obviously Italy they they obviously they haven't they haven't surprised because obviously I, I just had a feeling that they would do well. I Did say that they would be the losing finalists. But um yeah, it'd be good to see them come up against um, you know, a bit more of a better team uh, in a knockout round. So uh yeah, that's my thoughts really on Group A so far.
1: And what do you think, Ryan?
3: Yeah, not too dissimilar from what the other two guys have said, really. Obviously, I predicted Italy would uh, comfortably win the group. And ultimately, I did choose France to win the competition. But for me, uh, Italy now my clear favourites because they've simply been the best team so far in the tournament. I think they've they've been defensively solid. They've gone forward and, you know, they don't have the world's greatest attacking players. You know, they've got, you know, a Ronaldo and uh, a Lukaku and that kind of sort of talent. But the players that they have got, they make them work. And, you know, I've been so impressed, you know, especially with Immobile as well. Obviously, he's got two goals. But, yeah, they, without doubt, the standout team so far. And I don't really see anyone beating them. I really don't because... You know, all the other big teams have uh, have you know either one game or two games shown weakness, and yeah, so that's my thoughts on Italy. But I'm, I'm glad I'm, I was the other one alongside you who actually predicted good things for Wales because you know, I, I for me they they're, they're not too dissimilar from Switzerland and Turkey. All three teams have really got like one, two, or three sort of standout players in a squad of you know average. Players and they've made it, you know, the best use of their talent with Bale and Ramsey, particularly playing well. I've been impressed with Daniel James as well, who's been utilised well on that wing. Um, I do think Turkey will go through his third team, though, because I think they'll beat Switzerland on the final game. Because Switzerland have been really poor for me, I think just Turkey just haven't turned up yet. You know, they've got so much more attacking talent than what Switzerland have to offer so yeah um, that's my kind of thoughts on that group anyway
1: Yeah and I think shout out to Joe Morrell as well I think he was excellent against Turkey Um, but yeah one thing I will say Italy have been good so far but there are many times before where the team who starts well doesn't often win it I mean a classic example for me is back in year 2008 I think it was where I remember Holland started amazing I think they beat France 3-1 or 3-0 or something and everyone had them down as a favourites and then over time, they, they end up, I think, with this Russia that beat them in the end. So I do think, even though they started well, I do think it's often not always the teams that start well that actually win the tournament. So I think that's something to look out for. But I do think it's going to make at least the semis, if not the final, in my opinion. So um, but we'll, we'll see on that one. Um. So now we're on to Group B. And obviously this group so far features Belgium, Denmark, Russia and Finland. And we're going to make a start on a slightly down note. And I will want to mention this briefly because I think we don't want to... P- bring too much. In the, we, want to mention, we don't want to mention it too much, but I think it's already been said enough, and I think it was quite a scarring experience to watch at the time. But I do think we have to t- pay tribute to um, sort of the, Den- the Denmark team for how they dealt with the Christian Eriksen situation. If anyone doesn't know, obviously he collapsed on the pitch, had to have CPR on the field. Um, so yeah, I just want to say pay tribute to obviously the, the captain, Simon Kier. I want to pay tribute as a man who, who's had heart problems myself. I think I want to pay tribute to all the sort of medical staff at how they've dealt with it so quickly and just get well Christian and all the best for speedy recovery. Um, but heading on to the group itself, uh, Belgium can only with six points, Russia and Finland have three with Denmark unfortunately on zero points and I think um, I'm going to start with Ryan on this group. So Ryan, what are your thoughts so far on, on Group B?
3: It's quite mixed really because mm-hmm. I don't think Belgium have played that well considering no, that they've I got agree. six points. You know, they've... Uh, I mean, again, Lukaku and De Bruyne have been the standout ones, as we expected, and De Bruyne kind of saved them against Denmark because I picked Denmark as uh, as my dark horse team, and they have impressed me, actually, with the football that they've played. Obviously, as soon as, you know, the, the Christian Eriksen situation happened, it was never going to be anything from there for them because ultimately their players, I believe, were just too traumatised and especially after the game as well. Uh, I mean, like, during, like after the incident where, you know, they replayed the game the, the very same day. I thought that was shocking. I never expected that to happen because I don't really know how you can recover in time for that. But, you know, credit to the Denmark players for coming back out. Uh, yeah, obviously, I, I, I don't even know if they can get through if they can, I think it's extremely unlikely for them. But I think Finland and Russia have shown a bit more than what people expected. They've both shown a bit of form here and there. And obviously, it's wide open between those two teams who goes for a second and the third place teams. But, yeah, I haven't reckoned a lot to to Belgium. Uh, I think when they come up against, you know, one of the top sort of four or five teams, they'll get found out because they have got an appalling defence but yeah, apart from that, there's not really sort of, too much else to say on the
1: group. Yeah, and I think I think I think Russia personally will go through because I think uh, Finland sadly have to play Belgium, so I do think that will be in Russia's favour. Mm. Um I think one player that stood up for, stood up for me for Finland is their striker Joe Pajunbalo. Forgive my pronunciation. I think he's been someone I've been quite impressed with up front. But yeah, I, I think Belgium haven't looked great. And uh, I don't think their manager will do any favours to come to knockout. I don't think Martinez, I think he's good for someone like Wigan like he did, but I don't think he's ever been good enough for sort of a team with, with the likes of Lukaku, De Bruyne mm. uh, and the like. So, yeah, I think I think Russia will go through a second, um, but I don't think they'll do anything special on knockout. Um, so, I'm going to go to Naim next. Uh, any thoughts on Group B?
2: Yeah, I kind of mirror this um, saying what you and Ryan have said. Um, obviously, Belgium have got two wins, but Obviously against Russia they did look uh, convincing, obviously they got a 3-0 win, but against Denmark, um, although they did have quite a lot of chances, they weren't really that convincing and like what Ryan was saying, yeah, their defence is, it's, if they come up, they're quite old, their defenders, so if they come up a team that's got a bit of pace, I, I can see them really struggling. Um, obviously it's sad to see obviously what happened with Ericsson and everything and um, I wish him obviously a speedy recovery and um, I don't know whether he will come back. Um, Personally, if it was me, I I don't think I'd be able to, even though he's doing a job that he loves. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to really risk it because you just never know. But, yeah, it's obviously unfortunate for them. Obviously, they haven't got any wins. Um, I, I think they probably would have beaten Finland if, obviously, um, that didn't happen on the field. Um, Russia, they've been doing all right. Um, I know they did lose their first game, but they did manage to get beat Finland the other day. But... Yeah, um, like what you you guys were saying, if when Belgium do get out into the knockout uh, rounds, uh, they might may come unstuck in the end. So, um, and also what I want to say as well, um, with the TV companies that um, that were showing the CPR and they were showing uh, Christian Eriksen's wife like crying and that, I, I think they should have just went back to the studio or just like pan outside the stadium rather than showing things like that because. You know, they're quick to uh, cut, cut away on the stream when there's, like, streakers on the field. Um, so I don't think they should really have, have really shown that because, obviously, he had all the players um, surrounding him um, to obviously cover him, but they're yeah. still showing those scenes. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate for um, uh, Denmark, but, yeah. Um, yeah, this, this group, yeah, it's been, been a bit of a mixed group, really. Um, mm. So, yeah, that, that's kind of really my thoughts um, so far on uh, Group B.
1: And then, Alex, any thoughts on the Group B as well? Um,
0: yeah, I, I guess so. it, I, I think you guys have nailed it with Belgium, and I guess, and just really to go on to Denmark aspects, a couple of things, a little bit of what Naeem said, but also I think, I think it's hard to judge any game now, really, in this group, because it's just been so deeply, if, if one side's been so deeply affected after something, it's just hard to evaluate them in any other way, like what, halfway through into their first game. Like their entire emotional balance has just been thrown off. Uh, it's, it's hard to like break, break, break them down tactically or anything like that. But I, I, I guess with the TV thing, the the, the way I fell into it, I'm not sure how, how the rest of you guys feel about it. Okay. I, I, I think they they the UA for food, of course, as I'm saying, to so zoom in on the, especially on the CPR, is it, I, I don't know why you would do that, but I do feel bad for. So, may, may I prefix this on a bit of light note? BBC have been h- horrific with their coverage. This like this entire, t- their commentators have drove me insane to the point I've muted the TV, which I don't usually do. But I did feel sorry for them covering Denmark because the the counter is yeah yeah the, the pull to the studio. But if you pull into the studio, what are you meant to say like for mm. like ten fifteen minutes? They I feel like the more you talk, the more disrespectful we be. Do you cut to advertising your own stuff? No, one want. you shouldn't. You definitely don't want to cut advertise your own stuff while someone's going through that. So I guess sticking with the UEFA feed is all you can do. So I, I want to mm. like, make sure it's all in UEFA. But on a lighter note, um, as we touched on with Dajubri in our Euro 2020 preview, he's got really good ball control. And uh, mm. that paid off when he uh, made an assist. So uh, it's good to see that came off for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, did, I did a match report on their last game at Russia the one they won and I think yeah, his holder play was was really impressive oh I meant I meant ball
0: control in a slightly different way. You may, have to
1: to the you
0: may have to go back to the podcast to find that one out and do but uh yeah. oh yes
1: yes I have at hell now um <laughs> <laughs> oh god right um we're on the group C now which is um obviously a group featuring Holland Ukraine Austria Macedonia and the group is in that order you got Holland First place with six points, all you through to the knockouts. You've got Ukraine and Austria, level on three points. And then North Macedonia, fourth with zero points. So, what's your thoughts, Ryan? I know I had Holland down as a losing finalist, but I want to get your thoughts on how the group's gone so far.
3: Um, It's hard because uh, Netherlands have, have shown both promise um, and a bit of fragility as well, I think. Going forward and defensively, like you know, the pie has um, has done a good job for them. I've been impressed as well with a couple of other, their other attacking players. You know, Dumfries as well, the full-back, I think has been you know one of their better players. But ultimately, you look at the group they're against. You know, they've probably got the easiest group out of any of the you mm-hmm. know so, so-called big uh, nations. So I think they was always expected to go through, especially against obviously logs of North Macedonia, who I don't think have done a you know horrific job, they haven't embarrassed themselves or humiliated themselves, so fair play to them. But again, it's, just, it's, it's a sort of similar group to to Group B, really. I mean, you know, Ukraine or Austria obviously, those positions are now up for grabs between either of those two. Now, I've logged what Ukraine have actually done. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Zinchenko and Yarmolenko, especially, have, have impressed. Obviously, Yarmolenko's goal was one of the goals of the tournament, but. Again, with Netherlands, I, I think they're in a similar boat to Belgium for me. I just think that as soon as they come up against one of the better teams, they'll get found out because, again, they don't have the greatest defence. It depends if uh, Mateusz de uh comes back or not, if he's fit for any of their remaining games. If he is, obviously, he'll make a big difference in there. But if not, you know, I see it as uh, the group staying exactly as what it is now, with obviously Netherlands top Ukraine. Second and Austria third. Um, but just quickly touching as well on the on the BBC thing. I mean, I was I heavily criticised them on on Twitter for for what they'd done, and then I realised afterwards, obviously, that they you know sort of similar to to, to F one, like they're not always in control of the cameras at the time. And although it was traumatic for the fans in the stadium and the players as well to have to view that, obviously, the millions of people at home didn't have to see that as well, and. As the guys mentions, with other games, if there's a streaker, if there's you know some sort of incident, or you know like Sky Sports, when there's a horrific injury, you know they cut the camera away, and it's left down to the commentators. And credit to their commentators at that time as well. You know Martin Keown and I forget the other guy's name, but you know they they did as best as they they could do in that situation. And mm. so did the pundits, in my opinion. I thought Gary Lineker. Mega Richards, Seth Fabregas, and especially Alex Scott—you know—covered it extremely well. Because what else can they do in that situation? So, you know, I retract a little bit of the criticism to the BBC, but they—you sh- know—it it should have just gone, in my opinion, to a black screen, and they should have just cut the feed and left it like it is, and you know, that would have been the best thing for them to do. But yeah, obviously, moving away from that, yeah, that's how I saw Group C anyway.
1: And then, Alex, do you? I mean, I still think that the Frank de Boer redemption is is on. But what what, what do you think about this group? What, do you think? Holland have got any chance of progressing um, far in the tournament? Or well, so, you... so, so, someone else
0: at the court had a little snigger there. But Andy, I'm you know I'm I'm leaning more towards you again as as my fantastic predictions have gone with Netherlands flopping. Um, <laughs> if I said, said they get out of the group, but yeah, no. Frank de Boer has done. Intra- he's he, he stuck to his guns and it's mm-hmm. paid off which is weird because whenever Frank De Boer stuck to his guns as a manager he's usually been sacked shortly after but he's decided even when the the Dutch fans flew a, flew a plane over that said Frank get rid of your stupid father back you know paraphrasing um, and he's kept with it it's done well but I think as Ryan was saying actually it's going to be what undoes them because see I, I was doing quite a bit of analysis on both Dutch games uh against Austria and against Ukraine and Dumfries has been their best player so far but also he's been the one who hasn't been exploited yet because whenever he goes up there is a giant amount of space on that right and I'm not just talking going up for an attack I mean he'll he'll be the first to press and a couple of times against Austria there was a lot of space on the left wing and if Austria had like If Austria had more penetration than than a micro penis, they probably would have scored against Holland, but that's what let them down there. With Ukraine, they've been interesting, but I, I like wishing to dwell on too much of it. Uh, I, I, the one thing I want to point out about that group was North Macedonia. They've they look like they're really well drilled and they've been hard to break down at times, but my god. Their individual quality at the back was shocking. I'm watching Ukraine against them, mm. it was Roman Yarenczyk and Yarmolenko, they were just hanging off their, their defenders. They were able to get wrong side of them all the time. They were always kept on side. It was a bit like Turkey against Wales. That, it's a horror show at the back individually. So, fair enough to North Macedonia for you know, turning up and participating, but my goodness, <laughs> they need they need a couple of generations to get by before they can get off a group stage.
1: Yeah, and I was impressed by Malinovsky as well for Ukraine. I think he was the number eight for Ukraine. I think he, he was impressive for me in that game. And I think he's definitely someone I didn't know about before, but I'm certainly a fan of now. Um, Naim, any thoughts on Group C before we head to Group D? That's a no. That is a firm no. Naeem Naeem is. <laughs> have, oh sorry 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 I was muted. Sorry, he, he, he's
2: like Mourinho
1: there. He's um I got nothing to say. I've got,
2: nothing I got to yeah say. nothing to say. <laughs> You've already said all I needed to say. Um, yeah no what I was gonna say is um yeah it's pretty much gone the way that um, I expected. Obviously Netherlands topping the group and the first team to advance to the knockout phase. Uh obviously North Macedonia um, finishing rock bottom, but obviously they you know they've done themselves proud for the first tournament. You know obviously they've lost two games but you know um. I don't think anyone really expected them to do much um this time around. Uh Netherlands they they they've, they've been pretty good. Um obviously their game against Ukraine that was a bit of a nervy one, you know, the, with them being 2-0 no up and then uh, Ukraine getting two goals back and then, obviously they got, got the winner in the end. Um Austria they've been they've been alright, nothing special, but obviously their last game will be good because obviously Austria got Ukraine so um, it, it just depends on uh, who wants it more really because obviously both of them can pretty much go through but I don't know whether they'll both play for a draw maybe but yeah, there's not really too much to say on that group um, yeah, Netherlands, yeah, they've done done all right so far but uh, like obviously Belgium as well if they do come up against um, a decent team yeah, they might struggle but you know, you never know, they might prove a few of us wrong so yeah, that, that's my thoughts really on Group mm-hmm. C
1: Yeah, and now on to Group D, um, which obviously features England and Scotland, two of our home nations. Also a group that featured what has been so far and will be, I think, end of the tournament, the goal of the tournament, in uh, Patrick Schick's goal against Scotland from pretty much the halfway line. Um, His team, Czech Republic and England, currently land four points, with Croatia, who have been massively disappointing with one point, along with Scotland, who impressed last night in a really bad game against England, also on one point in fourth. So... Um the last person to go first is Alex. So Alex, what are your thoughts on, on Group D so far and uh what are your views on the, the England Scotland game last night?
0: Uh well yesterday was my birthday. Um <laughs> yes. uh for the England Scotland game. And, you know, I was looking forward to my present watching England v Scotland, went around my friends, uh, you know, outside so we can have thirty people. We had Texas call. Cool. You know? It, there's half the people there cared about foot, football, the other half didn't, and by the end of the 90 minutes, no one cared for it because it was so dull and boring for England. And I've, I, have i will be honest, I've not been able to check the, no, I've able to check the Czech Republic, That's a nice, nice World Player, but not been <laughs> able to watch the other uh, games other than England's ones. I, I, I did see the highlights of Schick's goal, which is fantastic, but. I, because I feel like, you know, I'll let you guys touch on the other ones. With England so far, yeah, it's looking more bad than I thought it would be, which is kind of saying something. Because that especially yesterday, what, what chance they've, they've created one chance pretty much this, in, this entire tournament so far, and Foden hit the posts. In my head, that's the highlights. And even with Sean Reese James playing yesterday, they were sitting so far, so much further back. Uh, I, I I'm I'm a bit worried for them. Maybe it'll work out because going conservative in um against big teams might work. But I have to say I, I, I can't remember who it was from, but I think it might be Raphael Honigstein. He tweeted: If if Jaden Sancho is not starting in your attack, then your attack must be unimaginably good. And I think I'll leave you with that as my final thought on Group D. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think for me it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, first of all, um, how Greedish isn't getting more game more game time. Mm. But I, I think also, I mean, the fact that Sancho wasn't even on the bench in the first game and hasn't started either game, I think is it, it, is just it's just it's just insane. I mean, I I don't get it personally. I mean, I know he he, he even changed a few players in that game against. Uh, I know he kept the same front three with Foden, Sterling, and Kane, but he's he's open to change in that game, and yet he still won't play Sancho. So I don't know whether he's saving him for the knockouts. I don't know whether he just isn't looking good in training. I don't know what's going on there. But... I think he
0: starts for every other nation in the world, thinking oh, about it. Apart from Argentina, that's it.
1: Yeah, it's like the same thing as Mares. He would start every week. We know he's getting more starts now, but I think for most of, the time, for most of his time at Man City, Mares, I think every any other team in the league would start every week, with the exception of maybe Liverpool. And I do think that it's the same thing with this. I think any other country, most teams in the world, would start Sancho. But one thing I will say, similar to the whole Italy thing, but the other way around, I do think that if anyone... I did watch anything about Euro 96. England actually drew their first game 1-1 at home to Switzerland. And from what, I, what I've i been told, that England had a lot of stick from the media. And obviously they went on then to obviously um, go on and do well in that tournament. So I do think that um, it's only two games in there like to get through to the knockout. So I do think, and it, this goes for any team who starts off a bit dodgy, anyone can, can build momentum into knockouts. So I do think that is more important than sort of starting off well on the group stage. So I do think that even though England showed me nothing in that game yesterday that showed me that they could win the tournament. I do think that it's all not lost for England because I do think I that... Mean, just to counter, gr- do you know the
0: the last time England drew their first group stage game? It was Euro 2016. Oh, God. Well,
1: that's just, <laughs> that's just completely derailed all my points there. I think anyone <laughs> listening should just um, delete in their brain what I just said. That's a vague point. But I do think
0: Well, that... no, in fairness, Andy, in fairness, with my current track record this
1: morning, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that might mean they're going to win the whole thing. Just don't <laughs> worry about it, mate. It's coming home, mate. It's coming home. But no, I think that, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think something... Yeah, I think... I think England will still go through as group winners. But then Czech Republic do look good, so I'm... Yeah, it's tough, but... Um, I don't know what you think. Not, uh, there's also two other Englishmen in, in this in this pod. Well, I don't know what you boys think of of England so far, and and the rest of the group, and how you think Scotland has been.
2: Um, yeah, I've not really been too impressed with England so far. Czech uh, Republic—they've—they've uh, they've surprised me quite a bit, to be fair. Um, in the first game against Scotland, Scotland did have quite a lot of chances, but uh, they've got they're quite a solid at the back, and they've got a decent midfield, but their attackers are not the greatest, so. Obviously, that's why they've struggled to score in um, the first two games. But Croatia um, against England, they they didn't really do too much. But when England obviously we won one nil in the first game, but it wasn't really that convincing. Um, obviously, everyone was moaning that obviously Grealish wasn't starting in the game, but obviously we won in the end, so that was that. But yesterday, yeah, we yeah, I don't know, do know what it was yesterday. Like just 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 went went at the races yesterday, and um, like obviously what um. You and Alex were saying about Santro not even coming on or playing any minutes. Like, well, what's that all about? Um See, I know taking off Kane was the right decision because he he hasn't he's done nothing for these last two games. But I thought he would have brought on like Harvard Lewin, or he would have taken off like a defensive midfielder because you don't need to play two holding midfielders at home against Scotland. Like, if, if you're chasing, if you want to nick a winner, you need, you should take one of your defensive players off and um, bring an attacking player on, but. If, if this is the way we're going to be playing in this tournament, then, yeah, we haven't really got a uh, hope in hell. And I did say they're going to be the flop team. Um, but, but, yeah, uh, also in the Croatia game against Czech Republic, did you um, guys see that penalty, what Czech Republic got? Um, what do you guys thought on that? It was, I've
1: heard about this.
2: It, it, yeah, it was, I've looked at it so many times, but I just can't see why it was given, really. But, obviously, Lovren was the one that gave it away. Um, Shock. The... <laughs> but... Yeah, go. Yeah, going forward. Um, yeah, Croatia haven't been they haven't been that great, but their team is quite is a bit of an Asian team at the moment. So yeah, I don't think they will go that far this time around in these, this this tournament. But um, yeah, Czech Republic, they've they've surprised me, and um, yeah, I think they they might go, uh, go on and top the group by the looks of it. But yeah, England and yeah, Southgate needs to um, start Grealish, um, give Sancho a few, a few more minutes, and. I don't know. Maybe maybe give Bellingham a, a little bit of a run out. See what see what he's about in, uh, mm-hmm. in the midfield. But um, yeah, that's my thoughts on Group D at the moment.
1: And your thoughts, Ryan? Rant alert.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> I was. I got so much stick from some of my mates who might be listening to this when I said England wouldn't top the group along with Naeem. and. Just been proven exactly right because you know one thing. You know I, re- I respect Gary Neville massively as a, as a pundit, but the fact that he said the other day that England's best asset was Gareth Southgate is unbelievably shocking analysis <laughs> because he is so bad. He is he is not, he's not even championship level. You know the fact that he's a manager of England. You know is unbe- is bewilders me because. I don't understand his tactics in any game. The fact like he went so conservative with the first game against Croatia and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't, didn't re- you know, it, it paid off in the end, in a sense. But last night, I mean, quite, you know, considering that they are bottom of the group, Scotland have actually impressed me the most of any team in that group because they were unlucky In the first game against Croatia, they had so many chances to win the game, as Naeem said, and you know they were they weren't like they were unlucky as well. Considering they hit the you know the bar and whatnot, Um, and they were just you know the goalkeeper let them down for the second one uh, goal, though it was a great goal. But you know Croatia have been abysmal. Czech Republic have been very very good. You know Patrick Sheik is one of those strikers who you know, can turn it on just like that, you know, very, very highly rated. But for me, I don't understand what England have tried to do. I think he's tried to overcomplicate it. The fact, as you've already mentioned, with uh, Sancho not playing, with Grealish not playing, Jude Bellingham not playing, these are players that have been in great form this season. And that's not to say that the likes of Foden and Kane haven't been. Obviously, they've been in great form as well. But these... These are the players that you want on the pitch that actually run at people, that actually create things. Because the the players that have played haven't done that, and even the likes of I mean Bukayo Saka, you know, it will come across as biased because I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> but he was so impressive against Austria in that friendly, he made things happen as he has done. He was the only one that had did anything for Arsenal all season, and yet doesn't get anywhere near that first team. And I don't know why because you know, Harry Kane's been so disappointing. I think whether his you know transfer speculations got to him or or just the pressure's got to him, I don't know because he, he he showed nothing, and obviously that, that was proven. He got subbed off. But even the players that have come on, you know, have offered nothing. And I felt Scotland were actually unlucky. They should have probably won last night. Um, but yeah, it's it's really disappointing. And, and you know, every time for me, a major tournament. This is why so many England fans are put off watching England and actually supporting and getting behind England as much because of this reason. You know they've had so many terrible managers. I can't remember the last time they had a very very good manager in charge of the national team who deserved to be there. And ultimately, I think again they'll 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 come short. And they've got an easy not not an easy run, but they've got. A more lenient run to the final than perhaps the other side, which might see them in good stead, similar to the World Cup. But apart from that, I don't think they would win it, even if they got to the final up against maybe France or Italy. couldn't Couldn't see them beating either of those teams unless it was down to incredible luck. But yeah, just massively disappointing. And to the other England fans listening, it's not coming home.
1: Yeah, I think I think you could be right there. I think you could be right. Um, right on to our final two groups now. Um, so our, fi- our second size group could be one of the most exciting last days if Spain win tonight. You've got Sweden, Slovakia, Spain, and Poland. Sweden top with four points, Slovakia top with three points. Both teams have played two games, whereas Spain and Poland play tonight and they've just played one game each. Obviously, Spain win that would make it four points each, four points as well with Sweden. But if they lose, that could see them with a good chance of being knocked out or at least getting third place. So um, I don't know what you boys think of this group. I mean, for me, I think personally, I think that um, the Spain were, dis- were disappointed with were I think someone like Jan Olmo was good for Spain. I think he was encouraging, but I think Spain were disappointing against uh, Sweden. I think um obviously we look at someone like Maratta who... um couldn't seem to finish his dinner that that game and on the flip side obviously um someone ryan said it'd be a breakout star which looks the best prediction so far uh in terms of that prediction we did was um Isaac the um oh. sweden striker he's been the, really the, impressive
0: can I, can, I, can, can I come in here because this is where this is where i want to be a little bit uh, a little bitch and vent um because i think ryan has perfectly pointed him out but um uh, th- th- maybe this is coming from someone you know who hasn't had the best of luck of predictions. Uh, but there's, a, a, I have a pet hate person uh, in our in our football community of analysis who goes by the name Rory <laughs> Jennings. Who hey, I'm joking, he's a nice person, but he, in, in the in his build-up video, um, he he pointed out Isaac, as someone to point out, and he had no facts around it and no stats, unlike Ryan did. So I I, I want. Anyone who's listening to this, if if you if you heard um, Rory, you know, if you, if you hear him in in the near future, say I I knew this guy from the start, um, tweet him and tell him to shut up and at Ryan and tell Ryan that he was the one who pointed him out and he's the best. <laughs> sorry, sorry, and I just trying to get that out there. There nope. we go.
1: That's five minutes. I mean, I, I quite like Rory Jennings, but yeah, by all means, anything to get Ryan's um, sort of any Twitter handle Yeah, exactly, to get him you know more following than. And I'm all for it myself. Um, but yeah, I think Sweden... I've actually... I actually ordered on classic football shirts yesterday a Sweden jersey. So, uh, just because I I thought their kit's really good. So, I, I bought a Sweden jersey now. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to wearing that. But yeah, I think Sweden are a team for me. I think Slovakia have looked good. But I think Sweden and me have looked the best of the two. Um, Poland, once again, every tournament... I was thinking that every tournament, Lewandowski never seems to get the goals. I know he's in a bad team. That's probably why. But I think... I can't think of many tournaments except for maybe one he had, where he's actually he scored the goals. And I think, obviously, he's very unlucky for me that he's not, obviously not playing for a good team. I think if he's playing for a good team, I think we'd see a lot... We'd we see the Lewandowski, we have seen the club level. So, um, Poland, every year they seem to be, you know, they could do well because they've got Lewandowski, but every tournament they seem to disappoint me, personally. I think they got to the quarters in Euro 2016, but apart from that, I don't think they've ever got that far in the Euros. with Lewandowski. Watch who score a hat-trick tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I, I I love the other dogs. I love to see Spain lose. Not that I don't like Spain, I like Spain. I just i I love to see, you know, Sweden as a vacuum go yeah. through. Um but yeah, this group's yeah, I think if Spain win, that's gonna be a cracking last day, I really do. So uh any thoughts from you boys before I go on to the final group
2: group F?
0: No, yeah, I think this is the most this is the most boring group on paper, I think. Just in the team <laughs> <for> involved. <laughs> I don't know what
2: people to say, really. Um yeah. Apart from that first game, yes, Spain were literally just all over Sweden. I think at one yeah. point they like ninety percent possession, but yeah, yeah, yeah. With Spain, Murat man, he misses too many chances, and um, just I think Spain wish they had a better someone better up front to um finish all those chances they were creating. But yeah, no, it'd be good to see um Sweden and Slovakia go through. But uh, yeah, I reckon Spain will probably win later on tonight. Um, and yeah, Poland, they I think they'll finish on no points probably.
1: Yeah, not on Murata. I remember even when, when he was at UV the first time around, I think I was always on this sort of on the on the trainer. I always thought he was um he was overrated and I, I was for ages I was telling my mates all saying he'd be a good player for Chelsea. I was telling him all he'd disappoint. I was adamant that he'd be a flop and I was adamant that he was overrated as hell and obviously his career has proved that since then. Really. And he gets the odd goal too, but I've never really ever been pressed by Maratta. I think he gets it's a bit like Verdi. He has too many chances. He misses rather than scores. And I think, yeah, I think personally, he, he absolutely stuck in the place. And I think someone like Gerald Moreno came off the bench and looked a far better fit for that team than the Morata did. So I do think I, I don't know. I'll, I'll check the teams now, but I think they should be starting. Personally, I think Moreno should be starting. At, at
0: yeah, he's on
2: the um, yeah, he's on the wing. He's on the wing. Morata's ah, in the front. Got,
0: yeah, he's he's Luis Enrique Maratta actually, actually said he actually said um, against Poland, I will play Morata and ten other people. So he he doesn't actually care. He's just playing morale.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he gets in good positions, but he just, I don't know, it's just, I don't see see it personally. But we're now on to Group F, which actually has only just finished in the last hour or so. Um, France had a surprise draw against Hungary and Germany beat Portugal 4-2 in what was arguably a surprise result in that group, um, which means that on the last day, uh, obviously, France will have four points. Germany and Portugal will have three points, and Hungary have a very small chance of going through with one point. And in terms of the last game, this last game of the group, uh, France will be playing Portugal, where Germany will play Hungary, which probably means Germany will go through, and then that leaves Portugal and France battling out for the other spot, bit the third team will probably go through as one of the best four third-place teams. Um, in terms of this group, I think um once again, is much better for France than he is for Man U, um, and I think that um, obviously I didn't watch the France game today, so I can't say how he performed today. Uh, but yeah, I think that even in the game against um, against Germany in the first game, I think they got the job done. But I would never say they were um, they were truly you know exceptional. I mean, I did do a, again I did do another match report on this game, and please check out on my Twitter, on my website where I do I've been doing quite a few Euro match reviews. So please do check that out. Um, I want to get your your boys' thoughts on this group. Um, obviously, Ronaldo broke the record for most goals in a European European tournament in European Championship history. Um, and obviously, Germany looked like they were they were going to lose, but they actually um, surprised everyone and won today. So, um, yeah, w- what are your thoughts on how this group's gone? The supposed group of death.
0: Um, depressing because I made a TikTok that got two hundred thousand views, telling people not to put Ronaldo in their fantasy team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got him in mind. So all 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 week I've had comments and messages saying, "You told me not to put Ronaldo in, and look what you've done." So <laughs> it's not it's not been fun for me, but no, it's been uh, entertaining still. I mean, uh-huh. if only those two Mbappe the, the the well the first one in particular, the Mbappe goal counted. My God, that was beautiful against Germany. Um, I didn't I didn't get to catch the games today. we re-watching them later. I the most interesting thing I've heard though was. Uh, is a, there's a writer called Grace Robertson, a uh, really a very good uh, football writer and analyst, and she uh, she's said about the fact that you have to rate Joaquin low, where he's in a group with Fernando Santos in Portugal, who's extremely boring. Obviously, started William Carvalho and Danilo Pereira and Didier Duchamps, who manages to make possibly the greatest national team of all time, a, a counter-attacking defensive team. He has those two groups, and he puts Tony Cruz and Gundogan in the midfield when he has access to nearly the entire Bayern Munich midfield and team. You, you do have to rate him. He's, he's he, he, for better or worse. He does go against the grade, but fair enough to him getting the the win today. I do think Germany. I think with Germany, he they they're in a system which means they're always protected, like three at the back and fairly defensive wing backs. They're never going to be corked out too badly, and they've just got the individuals to kind of carry them through. So maybe they'll go a bit further than we thought, but I still, I still don't think they're going to go far.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that personally. I think that yeah, they look good today, but I, I mean, Germany always do our well major tournaments, but I do think that I, I, just, I don't know, I, I, don't know. I think that when he goes up against, I don't know, you say that, but then they, they're doing well so far in this game, so it's hard to tell whether you know. These tournaments, teams can look bad beforehand and look good, so it's just how a team gets on at the time. So, yeah, interesting to see how that goes. I think this is definitely the most interesting group, and it'll be the most exciting last day—the last day of the group. I, I can guarantee that. Um, and what about you, um, Ryan and Naeem? What are your, um, what are your thoughts on this group?
3: Um, I mean, just touching on the last group because I, I didn't say anything about it, but uh, I felt Spain have been. Incredibly disappointing. I mean, they played tonight. I did say that they would, uh, wouldn't would perform in the last podcast. It's Just a bit because... harsh.
0: They've only played one game. <laughs>
3: but, but, yeah, they they were so bad in it, though. And <laughs> they're, for me, they're in a, a similar transition to England, but, you know, slightly behind them in terms of, they've you know, the older generation have all moved on or been forcibly moved on. They've got the youngsters coming through. And then the people in the middle aren't good enough, the likes of Morata. And although Moreno's had a good season, he's not world-class. And, you know, you look at the youngsters, the likes of Pedri um, and Dani Olmo as well, who will be superstars. That's for me, you know, so it's not a criticism of so much, you know, Luis Enrique, for me, probably best manager out, out of any of the national teams. Um, he's just not got the team, you know, to get to get him there. But that's touching on that group. Um, in terms of Group F. Again, I'm happy that I predict that Germany would do well against uh, everyone else's opinion because, you know, they they were brilliant today, I thought. You know, although they went one goal behind, they showed great character to come back. And again, you know, they hadn't really got standout superstars in that team. You know, you mentioned about the individuals sort of getting them out of, you know, danger. But they, they play so well as a team. And at showed today, I mean, some of our players, a lot of people probably don't recognise, um, you know, Gossens is one of them and he was excellent and Portugal were just, you know, Ronaldo is the only one who saved them in their first two games. They were very, very lucky, I think, to to get a win over Hungary. I thought Hungary had been excellent as well in the, you know, to get three goals in the last sort of 10 minutes in the way that they did was uh, really harsh on Hungary and, you know, they showed their class today, Germany being Portugal. I think France were been a bit underwhelming so far. You know, I don't like the fact that they keep talking about this uh, feud between Mbappe and Giroud, which is kind of overshadowing things because we've seen it in previous tournaments where that's derailed them. Uh, I hope that's not a similar situation, but I think it's not down to them being poor, starting slowly. I think people just underestimate Hungary as a team and it's by far the most competitive group it was always going to be, and I like that it's going to go down to the last game as well to see who goes through.
1: Brilliant, um, and before we get on to our little special final segment, uh, any thoughts from anyone else before we, before we continue?
2: Um, well, you, haven't, you haven't come to me yet, remember? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> forgot about me. Um, yeah, with yeah, this group yeah, this was the group where everyone's obviously kind of focused on, we've obviously got... Um, we got quite a lot of good teams in this group. Uh, the first, yeah, Hungary against Portugal. Yeah, I, I, like what Ryan was saying, I do feel that Portugal kind of got lucky because obviously they got three leg goals. You know, Hungary they were pretty pretty hard to like break down and then everything. Um, it's quite quite funny. I didn't I didn't actually realise that um, obviously Budapest where um, Hungary had the first two games, I didn't realise that um, they're allowed to have uh, full stadium in there. So I think that's kind of helped them. Mm. Um, uh, especially today against France, that's kind of helped them having like a full full stadium um, to kind of, kind of get over the line because people probably thought that they were just gonna obviously finish rock bottom and not get out of the group. But you know, you never know. They could they could finish third. But obviously, with their last game, it is um, it is in Munich um, against obviously Germany. So I, I, I think Germany then might they'll probably pick up pick up the pace now and um, start. Start playing, and there was that. There, um, there was a there was a stat that I heard in the Portugal Germany games. Um, it was like Robin Gosens, he's he was the only player in their starting 11 not to have um played for or currently playing for a German Bundesliga team, so that was quite, quite a, quite a um, good stat to um hear. But mm. yeah, with, with, with obviously the last games, um, you expect obviously France to probably finish top, um, Portugal probably will finish. I think they'll probably finish third to be fair. Um and yeah, Germany I think they'll they'll go through now. But um yeah, it's been a good group so far. And, um, yeah, the, the, it's it's always good to see groups going down to the final day rather than teams of teams pretty much going through on the second game of the week. But yeah, that's my thoughts on um group F. Serie R supremacy.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I think it's always good to when things go down to the last game. Shout out to the NBA finals right now. Um but yeah. <laughs> we're now on to um, a little segment I wanted to have this week where I thought we'd all give very briefly just our top three national anthems of the tournament. I think obviously one of the best things of major tournaments, either World Cup or Euros, or even the Copper America and things like that, um, or the teams kind of belting out national national anthems. I do think that's one of the, the best things about tournaments. So um I'm going to give mine first, my top three. Um So honourable mentions go to France and Germany. I think they're Three two very good national anthems, but my third choice goes to Portugal. I think they've got a very, very cool national anthem in, in this Euros, and I do think that, um, I think it's one of the ones that does get you hyped up. Um, speaking of which, second place, slightly from the place of heart, but I'm going for a Welsh national anthem. I do think that is one of the best personally. I do think that, um, it just I know, obviously, it's probably only people, Welsh people, that probably do say this, but I do think personally, it is one of the best, and I do think that it's just. Um, when you've only got a full off crowd, whether that's rugby, whether that's football, singing the national anthem, it is just very spine tingling. But number one for me um, has to go to Italy. I do think this is one of the classic national anthems. Whether you're an F1 fan or any member watching back in the day, Michael Schumacher winning, you know, uh, year after year, and then that national anthem was synonymous with, with that with that sport. And I do think with the football and rugby as well, I just the something about the national anthem personally for Italy that does sort of get you get you pumped up, get you ready to go. And I do think that. That's
3: why I've gone for it to number one. Um, who wants to go next? Yeah, I, I don't mind. Um, I mean, I couldn't split third and second because I listened to them both again today and they're both, uh, you know, they get you going. Uh, one is Wales, like you mentioned, Andy. You know, I don't really, nah, uh nah. don't see much... With that choice, and then the other one is Scotland. I like Scotland's anthem a lot. Uh, yeah, again, it's, I'd agree. it's another one very similar to the Wales one where you know it's got a lot of meaning to it, and I do like that a lot. But yeah, my first one it was the same, Italy, just simply because it's you know it's brilliant, and the fact that the Italians, as well, you know, whether it's the players or the fans, you know, they absolutely belt it out, which I love to see. And what annoy one of my pet hates. Is when you, you're you seeing, you know, people, the, you know, the players especially, just sort of even trying like, to mutter it or or just, like, not really singing it, just, like, open their mouths when they're not singing. You no, know, either, either sing it or just don't, you know. Don't be in between, because it just looks incredibly awkward and you look like an absolute muppet. So, you know, I think it's always a disrespectful anyway not to sing the national anthem. You know, you're representing your country, but... Uh, maybe some of the English players don't like the Queen like me, but hey ho.
0: <laughs> I think that's I think that's my time to step in. Um, so number three for me is England, um, purely because Ooh. I I I I I I I'm I'm sort of along with Ryan there. I I don't actually like it when people sing the full anthem. I prefer it when they slur all the words apart from "God Save the Queen." Because I think it's it's more funny. Like, save the Queen. So that's that's why it's number three. Um, n- number two for me was Ukraine. Um, the only reason for Ooh. me is because they they seem Uh-oh. to like singing it. Um, number one, I don't know if this was meant to be tournament specific, but I think you'll like this little tangent. See when you when you put this in the chat, Andy, and for listeners at home. You know you got we're, we're coming up with the three favorite national anthems I think oh, I don't know it don't know where to go to don't really you know I, I'm I don't usually watch the game until the game kicks off so I I' just trying to expand my mind and I've got a little conspiracy theory at the moment that Greenland is not a real place so I wanted to see if they had a, a national anthem and they do um it's called un suvan govit um right right and the the I, I, I'm sure, the, the, I like the lyrics. It was humbleness is not the course. Uh, lit wake up and be proud. A dignified life is our goal. Courageously take a stand. And I think for me that that's clearly the best national anthem in the world. Well, well, well that it's not still not place. a real, it's still not a real place. But <laughs> still got an anthem. <laughs> yes. We're well, not. It, do you know what? Have you? Has anyone? Uh, if including you guys anyone listening if you've ever met anybody who's come from greenland who's like been born there let me know because i guarantee you haven't <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and then naim what are your top three
2: uh yeah so third i've gone for portugal because um i like obviously i just i like the vibes we, we get from it um and also with the players i do bell it out um but yeah with the, with the list i because I don't usually take much notice of national anthems because they're usually quite dull and boring, certain teams one So that's obviously just uh, listen to pretty much all the teams in the tournament, see which one did sound better. But yeah, number three, I had Portugal um, because yeah, they, they proper belt that one out. Number two, I went with Scotland because I like the bagpipes that they use uh, when, when they're obviously doing a doing national anthem. And uh, number one, I went with France because uh, obviously the the, the the beat and the sound to it is quite, it's quite um, uplifting and positive, and you know it kind of puts you in a good mood. So, those are kind of my top three. It was a bit, bit, bit hard to put the list together, but um yeah, those, those were my top three. Wait, films. guys, we made a really bad mistake. What's that? None of us have put Russia here. I'm gonna change mine
0: to Russia, so <laughs> we don't get hunted down. There we go. That's better. <laughs>
3: For all the conspiracy theorists out there, <laughs>
0: there we go. Thank you, thank you.
3: Where's our host gone?
0: I think we've killed Andy.
3: Maybe,
0: maybe the KGB, maybe the people from Greenland have taken him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we got, yeah. I was actually getting just getting my Skype call with um Putin for our next podcast ready after you know. <laughs> with, 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 that, with that nomination of Russia, I think it was clear to see that you were obviously, you know, good, good contact with him. So um,
0: <laughs> I'm um, just, I'm just looking to protect us all. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, d- definitely, you got, you got the cap for everyone, have not you? You got to p- p- put all best interests at yeah. Actually, on Putin. I'm not going to go into too much, but have you seen he did this like charity game where he, um, he won like he got he scored like eight goals or something and like won the best play or something. And have you seen this? He, he heard
3: he, of it. Yeah, yeah. Was
1: he playing against like... children. I don't know, I, I didn't watch any of that clips but I just heard somewhere that he played. He plays every year, this like I don't know whether it's a charity game, whether it's like you know, just like a, almost like a pro-am, so I don't know what the game is in Russia but he, like, apparently he's won the MVP eight years in a row and he's just like Is, is this in the same way that North Korean people have heard they've won the World Cup? Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember that or when, um, or when Zara Phillips won Sports Personality of the Year Yeah <laughs> but yeah on that note that concludes our pod for this week I hope you enjoyed our first review of the Euros and obviously when we do our next pod I imagine we'll be probably well deep into the group if not already into the knockouts so we look forward to that we look forward to our next episode hope you enjoyed once again Um, do check out all our socials uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook all the like and yeah just, just keep an eye out for our next pod and we look forward to seeing you then I've been Andy, this has been Naeem, Alex and Ryan.